Sit right down and I'll show you where my dreams began. I'm Michael Dugan, your culinary host, guiding you through the chef's journey. Join me at the chef's table where you'll experience stories, secret sauces, signature dishes, and kitchen disasters. In this episode, we connect with Kelsey from Wisconsin. She grew up loving food and attending fish fries at an early age on Friday nights. As an adult in 2018, she created a food blog called The Tasting Spoon. And this year, Kelsey took her cooking knowledge to a new level. And she's attending an online cooking school called the Escoffier Institute. We'll connect with Kelsey and learn about food blogging and take a deep dive into what it's like to go to an accredited online cooking school. Kelsey, I just want to thank you for coming on the show today. And I want to welcome you and connect you to our listeners. Awesome. I am so happy to be here. So can you tell us a little bit about your childhood and what it was like growing up? Yes. So um, I am from this small little town in way northern Wisconsin. And I grew up with both of my parents and my sister, who's a year older than me. I grew up always having food on the table. Uh, My parents always provided for us, which I know that, you know, many people unfortunately aren't able to have that luxury. So I feel blessed um, being able to grow up that way. And so I just always remember coming home from school and you'd have a snack and then my mom would make a wonderful meal. I remember it always used to be some sort of, you know, quote unquote, meat and potato meal, because that's how my dad grew up, always having protein, some sort of potato, and then like a vegetable salad. And so that's what my mom would always put on the table and we would all eat dinner together. It would kind of just be the flow of the day, you know, we would look forward to that time together. And so then throughout growing up, I would always watch my mom in the kitchen and, you know, I would watch My grandparents, when we would have holidays and things together, the feeling that they had after they created these dishes and served it to us and saw our reaction and how happy we were and brought us so close together that I thought, I want to provide that for people. You know, I want that satisfaction and gratification of watching others enjoy what I'm preparing for them. I started cooking with my mom in the kitchen. And so now, kind of fast forward, Whenever we go to my parents' house, I always bring all the food. I'm always making all the food in her kitchen. (laughs) Really? Yes. So my mom doesn't cook at all when I'm over there. (laughs) So that must be a luxury when you come to visit. Yes. Yeah. They love it. Um, And, you know, they watch my stuff on my Instagram and my blog and things. And they're always like, well, you know, maybe you could make this when you come over. Or (laughs) So it's fun to connect that way with them. Wow. So what do you like to cook for them when you visit? Well, so I actually eat pescatarian, which is so, you know, my main meat would be seafood. Okay. But I have absolutely no issue with um, making or preparing or feeding others meat. My boyfriend of seven years, he 
eats meat almost every meal. You know, we raise chickens, we've raised pigs and turkeys and ducks. And so he harvests those and he goes hunting and meat is a big part of his life. So when we go to my parents, we we like showing them something different other than the meat and potato type thing. Yeah. Let's dig deeper into the seafood. What do you like to cook? Oh yeah. We, well, we love fishing. Um, we have so many lakes up here. And so we get out fishing a lot and we love making, um, you know, the Wisconsin fish fry every Friday night. So it's a staple here. And we've, we've created a really awesome beer batter recipe as well as kind of a lighter, um, Cajun cornmeal type fish. That's really fun for us to both enjoy because, you know, it's seafood, obviously. So I'll enjoy it with him. Otherwise, we love making tuna, tuna steaks. We love sushi. We love making anything with shrimp or crab or lobster. Just recently, we... There we go. Yeah, we we just delved into um, lobster mac and cheese for... I think it was for Christmas. I served it as a side dish. I don't know why I've never made it in the past, but oh my gosh, it was so good. Lobster mac and cheese. I see it on menus. I've had it. I've cooked a lot of different dishes with lobster. I love lobster mac and cheese. Yeah. And I think why I didn't make it for so long is because I'm like, I'm going to take this beautiful piece, this beautiful, expensive piece of meat and cut it up and put it in cheese. Like in my mind, I'm like, this cannot be right. Yeah. <laughs> it tur- It's just so wonderful. I love cooking all sorts of different seafoods. We really love just, you know, regular white fish or even we'll find swordfish at the local store shark we've made before it's fun to do things like those two types of fish because they hold together really well they're kind of like a steak and so grilling those in the summer throwing like a simple veggie slaw or something over them a little lightness it's delicious it's funny because I'm from the Pacific Northwest in Seattle oh. and we have like Dungeness crab, we have halibut, we have all kinds of seafood. So when you're talking about seafood, I just, oh, I get so hungry. I want to literally go out to the store and just get some crab, get some scallops and get cooking. Yes, I know. Well, and that's just it. You know, if I, if I could have it my way, <laughs> I would have just seafood for every single meal. All I would need to eat is just a seafood platter. (laughs) Yeah. So we're going to pivot a little bit and tell me about your schooling. Like where did you go to school and where are you going to school now? Yes. It's kind of a whirlwind because I went to Stevens Point, University of Stevens Point for six years and I got my bachelor's in social work and bachelor's in sociology And then right out of college, I got um, a job working in the social work field. So during that job, I'm, I'm happy, but I'm feeling kind of stagnant because with just my bachelor's, there's not a lot of room to progress and move up. Yeah, sure. And that's something that I've, you know, and I'm always thinking like, well, how can I better myself or do something more? So recently I just graduated from Capella University with my master's of social work. And so that was about a two year program. It was all online other than a residency, which was held in Florida for like two weeks. I graduated with that literally, I want to say like seven months ago. And then just this past month, I decided to enroll in culinary school. That had happened. Well, I came across it online 
because I'm like, well, how would I be able to swing this? You know, I still need to have a full-time job, but I'm so passionate about this. And I feel like in my heart, you know, this is the right pivot for me because having six years of just straight social work is really draining. I looked into the schooling um, through Escoffier and it's actually based out of Colorado, but they are the only accredited in the U.S. um, 100% online which is mind blowing to me and many others. They're like, what, how are you doing that? (laughs) Yeah, definitely. Tell us more. Yeah. Um, And so I, I did a lot of research on it. I talked to a lot of people there because, you know, I'm just like, how can this be real? (laughs) Everybody at the university is so helpful and just willing and wanting to help and to answer questions and to talk to you. And so finally I made the decision, you know, to jump into this. And so how it works is it's 15 months. It really goes through so many different ins and outs of cooking and recipe creating basics for, you know, just knife cuts and sanitation, and also a lot of ins and outs of the restaurant industry and business management. And then the final project that you're kind of working on throughout the 15 months is a business proposal to offer a bank, you know, to get that dream building or, you know, anything like that for a restaurant. I feel like it's really going to set me up well for a lot of different avenues for moving forward Okay, to get to kind of how the schooling works, you know, day to day is the weeks go from Wednesday to Tuesday night. Each week we have an assignment, like a hands-on assignment due. So for example, you know, roasting a full chicken and then breaking it down and serving it with a certain sauce having eggs benedict and your, you know, eggs poached perfectly with using this technique and then making your sauce for that and things like that. Every step of the way, you have to take pictures and kind of record what you're doing and how you're doing it. Wow. I would not have expected that. Yes. It's a lot of criteria. It's at first, the first week I'm like, okay, this is overwhelming. All the criteria that we have to submit, you know, to get full points and things like that. But now I feel like I'm in the flow of it. And so it's getting easier. (laughs) It's just something that I would have never thought in my life I would be doing, you know, this 100% online while still having a full-time job and making it work for me. It's just amazing. Do you have flexibility with it or is it a structured time every day? No. So they are very flexible. They encourage us to be at the class sessions because, you know, of course it's live and you can ask questions and interact, but they do record everything. I'm a firm believer in just being there for the class, participating, you know, because otherwise then you have the the option to not watch the recording. Right. That's true. And you could let it slip. <laughs> I'm so interested in this kind of stuff. Like it's exciting. It's great. I think that that's what resonates with me the most is that I am so intrigued and interested and wanting to learn. Whereas through my social work degree, I'm like, you know, this is interesting. I'm learning a lot. I'm helping others. But this, I, it just brings so much joy to me and passion. It makes me just genuinely happy. So I think that this is a really great life turn for me. And the food tastes good. Yes. (laughs) And my homework is eating food. (laughs) Oh, that's great. Can you tell us a little bit about uh, some of the chefs that you're um, connecting to in the school? 
we actually, how they have this first class structured, two instructors um, or chefs who teach two different classes, but during our live sessions, they come together to teach us together. And they're, they're really different types of chefs. So it's fun because we get to learn from both of them. I think that they are just wonderful because they are, you can tell that they're just so passionate and they love cooking and teaching others about it. They're wanting to help you. They're wanting to communicate with you. They're so knowledgeable about what they're teaching you. You know, if somebody has a question or kind of challenges them, like, couldn't we do it this way or couldn't we use that? They're so open-minded to hearing things like that and saying, you know, if you don't have this tool at home, you could definitely get by with using this, you know, because some tools in the kitchen industry are so expensive. Oh, definitely. Yeah. So they're really flexible with it. And you can just tell that they're there and they're there because they want to be. So it's really been a positive experience. And the chefs there so far are just amazing. What makes it unique about connecting online and going to cooking school? How do they pull it off? I mean, how do they keep you connected? Well, I know. And that's what I had thought too, you know, because it's just so unorthodox, you know, considering how hands-on this type of work is. But I really believe that if you don't want to be there, then it's not going to work out for you. You know what I mean? If you have the passion and this is truly what you want to be doing, then you will make sure that you're there, you're getting the assignments done, just kind of like with anything in life, you know, but yes, with this, because it is so unorthodox and so hands-on, um, it really does take a lot of time and energy to complete, but it's all positive time and energy while you're doing it, you know? We're going to move forward and actually move backwards a little bit and, and take you back to when you had sort of this fork in the road, this decision that you made to start an online blog? What what was the reason? What was it like? I had created The Tasting Spoon in January of 2018. I think it was mostly because, so I have an Instagram account. I just love plating my food and taking pictures of it. You know, I think people call that like foodies or <laughs> whatever the internet calls that, but I absolutely love Yeah, I love making beautiful plates. And so I would always just post my picture on my Instagram account and, you know, say what it is. And that was the end of it. And everybody is like, why can't you post the recipes? Like, can't you elaborate on this? Or when are you going to come out with a cookbook and all this stuff? I mean, I really didn't know that you guys were so interested in this. So finally, I'm like, you know, I'm going to do this. And long term goal will be a cookbook one day down the road. There's just so much time and effort that goes into that. I don't think right now is a great time for me. So in 2018, I'm like, you know, I think that a blog would be doable and a way for me to just kind of grow my audience and connect to different people. And it's been wonderful. And I've done both of those things, connected with a ton of people daily and grown a lot of my following. And I think that people are really benefiting from it, which really makes me happy. It was three years in January and I had finally put a search bar on my website because at least personally, I'll go to a website and the first thing I'll do is look for a search bar because I know exactly why I'm at that website. Sure. So I've gotten a lot of feedback that that's been helpful, which is awesome. And I also just, this month was working with 
a local uh, graphic designer. And so she had come up with just this beautiful logo and kind of backdrop picture for my heading and everything. So I'm getting all of that positioned on there too. And it's just exciting stuff. (laughs) Yeah, that is really exciting. Along your journey, is there anyone that you admire? Is there anyone that mentored you or is there any chefs that you follow? Back when I was actually 14, there was a local bar and restaurant, you know, in my small hometown that my mom was really good friends with the owner. And she's like, my daughter is interested in this cooking thing and, and she's ready for a job to get out there and things. And so they put me in there as a dishwasher. Uh-huh. I worked there. I still sometimes go there and bartend if they need a bartender. Wait a minute. So you still go there to bartend, even though you don't work there, is that to get your fix or is that to help them? Um, Kind of both, you know, and it's funny that you, you ask if that's to get my fix, because I, th- I think that is part of it. You know, I just love that atmosphere. And right now I'm not getting any of that, you know, unless I go and eat somewhere. Yeah, I think it really is both of those things, because it feels good to be there. And it feels good to help them out, you know, I worked my way for years at that restaurant from dishwasher to, you know, just prepping the food for the line and then being on the line and then eventually being the kitchen manager there. The lady who had taught me through all these years, she taught me just so much about the different ins and outs of the restaurant industry and, you know, how to make And I was young. So, you know, she's teaching me how to make different soup stocks or, um, you know, what ingredients or spices go together well for this type of meal. And, and then years later, there I am running the kitchen, being the kitchen manager and ordering the food. And it was just awesome. And then learning the different stuff in the dining room with waitressing and bartending out there. So I, I honestly can say that I went through every position. at that restaurant and learn the ins and outs. And to this day, I'm thankful for it because I really feel like I learned so much from doing that. I feel like it, everything always comes full circle. And so now I'm back to, now I'm going to culinary school and I'm able to take the things that I had learned way back when and apply it now. And it's awesome. That is amazing. It's almost like it fueled your fire for what you're doing now. Yeah, I think so. And it, and it's fun, you know, just being in class and them teaching some things and I'm like, oh yeah, I do remember doing that. Or, you know, it'll, it'll bring back a memory, which is just fun to relive. Definitely. Have you traveled and tasted the world? Are there any places that you can think of that are really memorable? That's something that um, we are wanting to do more of. We have, we really want to go um, to Louisiana because we love Cajun spicy type food. Okay. And of course the crawfish and all that fun stuff over there and crawfish boils. And so we'd love to experience that. Otherwise we, we always try and find, you know, if, if we have to make a trip here or there or a couple states over, we'll always research different restaurants or diners that have maybe been on Food Network or are famous for a certain thing, you know, just so that we can kind of broaden our horizons and get, you know, different ideas for one day when we have our own place. I think the most exciting place that we've been to would be Hawaii. Oh. Yeah. And we had gone to a luau there. That was just amazing. The atmosphere, 
the traditional things that they do there, you know, the big pig roast in the ground. (laughs) And they had just all of their fresh seafood and everything. And I mean, that was very memorable. You know, it's funny that you mentioned the luau. I I went uh, when I was younger and my brother won the luau contest, like dancing, you know, doing the hula up on stage. (gasps) And then we ate poi. And poi is not one of my favorite foods. Oh my gosh, me neither. <laughs> yeah, but it's a staple. It was a staple in in history for people from Hawaii. Right. Yes, and it's funny that you mentioned that because you know they were talking all about the poi there, and then we try it and we're like, oh, <laughs> this is what all the hype is about. <laughs> it was just funny. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. So do you have any favorite cuisine that you cook or that you like to eat? I really like cooking um, and eating a broad variety of things, but we do really like making, like I had said, some Cajun dishes. I also love making Mexican food. I think just because I really love different spices and things. Personally, in our lives, every Tuesday we'll have um, some sort of Mexican dish, whether it's tacos or quesadillas or a burrito bowl, just different fun things like that. And, you know, sometimes a margarita and <laughs> live up to the Taco Tuesday name. <laughs> oh, yeah. What are your top three favorite entrees? So I guess going back to the um, Cajun part, we back, well, it's probably been like eight years now. But back when I was in my early years of college, Josh, who is my significant other, he came and visited me and I was actually sick that weekend. And so he's like, you know, I'm going to make you um, this warm, hearty meal. I think it'll be good for your cold. And, you know, because you get a cold and people think you should drink soup or whatever. (laughs) So I'm like, okay. And so he ended up making homemade crawfish etouffee. He was so pleasantly surprised that I loved it because he was thinking like, okay, I'm going to bring this crawfish into this girl's college apartment for the first dish that I make her. (laughs) And I just absolutely fell in love with it. So we make it all the time now. And for anybody that's not familiar with crawfish etouffee, it's so simple really to make. Um, And it's just with a simple roux and some tomato paste and um, any kind of seafood stock some vegetables, you know, like celery and green peppers, and you just cook it down and it makes this velvety kind of tomato based spicy seafood dish. And you can serve it over rice or um, mashed potatoes if you want. It's just so delicious. (laughs) Have you ever had that? Oh, I've had it. I've actually, we've gone to New Orleans a couple times and I had it twice there. And Oh yeah, I love Yum. it. I don't really do well with spicy food, so I usually get it toned down a little bit. But I love the flavors of Narlins and oh. and Cajun Creole, but usually on the low spicy side, toned down spicy side, I should say. Okay. <laughs> I love Narlins food and the music and the ambiance in Louisiana is the culture is just amazing. Yeah, we really need to make it there. I think that it's a really special place and everybody talks about it. But until you go there and experience the culture, the music, the food, and the people, it it's too hard to put it into words. Yeah. It's just a very, very special place. Awesome. 
So another question, sorry, another question I ask our guests and our chefs and culinary artists, what is your favorite desert island dessert? Receive $10 off your next purchase with Voices for Chefs 10. You don't know what to make for dinner again? You want to explore new cuisines, but you don't have time? What if you have new inspirations and we provide you with ingredients and recipes? We know you want to travel, learn new foods, explore the world, but life's responsibilities keep getting in your way. What if you can bring those experiences to your home neatly packed into a box? Ladybook Collective is a subscription service that finds real people from around the world to create beautifully curated assortments of recipes, ingredients, and cultural content. Not only do we include cultural ingredients, but also a set of detailed recipe cards with instructions on how to use them. Each box also has a QR code that when scanned takes you to tons more global exploration to immerse yourself in. Everything from film to lifestyle, art to history, it all can be found here. Live your life to the fullest. Subscribe now and don't miss out on the next cultural adventure. Ladybug Collective. Always exploring. Oh gosh. I would have to say Desert Island Dessert. That's hilarious first of all. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> that question. Um I'm going to have to say turtle cheesecake. Oh. Do you make it or do you eat it? Both. I'm out at the grocery store or we have some awesome local whole food store with bakeries inside of them. They'll make, you know, the mini little cheesecake, the turtle cheesecake, and it's like I can't not buy it. <laughs> you know, it's funny because I've made probably 20 different kinds of cheesecake and experimented and became obsessed with cheesecake. As a kid, I did not like cheesecake because my parents would always order it frozen. And then I worked in a French restaurant and learned how to make it from scratch. And then this obsession happened where I had to try different flavors and blends and things like that. And what I discovered is that Bailey's cream, Frangelica, lots of different liquors blend so well with cheesecake. But I've never made a turtle cheesecake. How would you make how do you make a turtle cheesecake? What goes into it? So I actually just last year had made a really wonderful one for my mom's birthday. And so backstory about turtle cheesecake or turtle candies. I grew up with my mom and that is her absolute favorite candy until this day still is anything turtle flavored. You know, so the chocolate caramel and pecans is generally like a turtle candy. So I think that's how I grew to love this turtle cheesecake or, you know, turtle ice cream or anything like that. What I do is I just make, you know, a traditional cheesecake base, which you could swirl in caramel or something in there. But if you want to keep it simple, you just do the cheesecake base. And then usually you make it in like a springform pan so that there's a little room left at the top. And so you just load the top full of caramel sauce, chocolate sauce, and the pecans, and maybe a little coarse salt, sea salt. And so then when you bring it out to the table or, you know, wherever you're going to present it to, you take the spring form off and all the toppings and stuff just ooze down the side and onto the platter. And it is just so oh. delicious. <laughs> yes. Uh, that sounds really amazing. I would be stuck on a desert island eating tur turtle cheesecake. Yes. 
Another pivot here is to think about things that you've cooked and maybe even when you worked in the restaurant business. Do you have any kitchen disaster stories? So we've been hosting holidays at our house for probably the last four years now. Um, Otherwise, it was always at my parents' house. I think two years ago, we were hosting Thanksgiving and we always have the candied sweet potatoes. So my mom always makes them. That's her dish that she always makes and she always brings probably because it would just kill me to put the amount of sugar that she puts in those. (laughs) So she'll bring those. And then when, you know, right before we're ready to eat, she'll load them full of marshmallows and then you put it in the oven on broil. And so my mom's always like, okay, you have to wash these. We cannot burn the marshmallows. And I'm like, yeah, mom, I know you know, while I'm trying to do 50 other things. Oh boy. Yeah. So this particular year, the whole top of the marshmallows lit on fire (laughs) inside of my oven. And I'm like, mom, I thought you were watching the marshmallows. Wow. And she's like, no, Kelsey, I told you you had to watch them. So I opened the oven and there's just flames. Like they were literally on fire. Oh my gosh. And so I panicked, you know, and we got it out and we were able to salvage the casserole (laughs) with scraping off some of the marshmallows. But every year after we obviously all have to joke about it. And now I don't take my eyes off of those marshmallows in the oven. Oh my gosh. That's, that's a good story. You know, I've heard many from chefs and, (laughs) and restaurant owners and culinary artists that I've talked to in the past few months. And It's fascinating to me what people come up with. That's a good one. As far as summing things up today, are there any lessons that you could share with someone that wants to start a blog and, you know, things that they should think about or any words of wisdom? You always have that voice in your head. Should I do this? Should I not do this? You know, will I excel at this or will I fail at this? And I think with blogging, It's not like there's really any rules behind it. You know, you can do whatever you want to do at your own rate and put out whatever you want the community to know about you or, or what you're representing, you know, and I think it's just such an amazing and positive atmosphere to share your food with the world and to share your food with others who, without your blog, you would never know who they are. You know, it's just such an awesome way to connect with so many other people who are interested in the exact same thing as you. And, you know, I always say, you're probably sitting there thinking, like, I'm the only person going through this or wanting to do that. And it's so not true. You know, put yourself out there, and you will learn that there are millions of other people who are going to learn from you and learn from what you're trying to do. And because you're putting yourself out there. That's a great message. Is there anything exciting that you have going on with your blog right now? Anything that you're going to be sharing uh, this year or planning for this year? Yeah. So I, you know, my blog, I feel like from 2018 has gone through a lot of twists and turns, um, just like normal life does. (laughs) But so there's stuff on there from paleo meals to keto meals, um, You know, currently within the past year, I've been putting a lot of low calorie meals on there, which I've found a huge need for, I guess. You know, a lot of people are interested in that movement for weight loss and things. I'm going to continue 
with the low calorie food. I love presenting how you're able to still eat what you want and what you desire and what makes you feel happy and full and satisfied while still still having your own dietary needs. You know, whether it's if you are working on the the keto diet or vegetarian or vegan or, you know, whatever type of thing you're into, you can still have pizza. You can still have pasta. You just have to find what's right for you. And so I'm just going to continue showing the community that you're able to do that with the different recipes I come up with. And, you know, I hope that everybody continues to appreciate it. And I hope that I continue to connect to so many amazing people and hear their journey and share my journey with them. You know, I I think that that answered the question. I'm not sure. I don't, I don't think that I have anything specific for this year other than, um, continuing with my journey for schooling, which I've been sharing, especially on my Instagram. I've been sharing that. That's Kelsan underscore the tasting spoon. But I share a lot of my stories with, you know, the weekly assignments and things, which it sounds like a lot of people find, you know, fun and interesting. Who knows where the blog will go this year? Definitely. And maybe there's a cookbook in the works down the road. Yes, there definitely could be. I'm excited to hear more about your stories around cooking school. So I'll, I'll definitely be following you and I hope that our listeners will too. Yeah. Well, Kelsey, I just want to thank you for coming on the show today. And it was a pleasure to have you and learn about your blog and your stories and all the experiences that you're having. Yes. Oh my gosh. Thank you, Michael. And, you know, it was an honor that you reached out and that we were able to have this awesome conversation today. And like I had said earlier, it's just so fun to connect with others that are passionate about the same thing. And, you know, we can just continue to fuel each other's fires and keep moving forward. Well, like I tell our guests, you are truly a voice for chefs and we really appreciate it. Thanks for joining us today. Follow us on Facebook, find our website in the show notes, subscribe on Spotify, iHeartRadio, or wherever you listen, leave a comment with five stars, and stay tuned for the next episode of Voice for Chefs. 